Bonjour, 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 and welcome to uh, the Cycling Central podcast. And today I'm uh, joined with our good friend Jamie Finch Pincher. I hope I didn't butcher your name, Jamie. How are you? I'm fine, Christophe. Only mildly butchering, that's fine. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> and we have the pleasure today to have an amazing athlete uh, with us today. Uh, she's represented Australia multiple times at the, the Paralympics. Uh, she's also a multiple time world champion. She's just an amazing person, an amazing athlete. It's Amanda Reed. How are you, Amanda? Thank you for having me. I'm really good, actually. <laughs> let's uh, let's have a chat and a, and a, and a focus uh, on you on you today. Talk to us about uh, about yourself. I mean, uh, we all know you from your uh, exploits in uh, uh, in cycling, in paracycling, of course, your swimming career as well. Uh, how you know, how did it all start? How your how did your sporting career started? Um, so I have an older sister, and so I used to just get dragged along sport. Being five and a half years younger, you, I couldn't be left at home by myself. So that's sort of how it all started was being they used to swim and that's how my swimming sort of started. Um, you were so young when you went to that first Olympics, oh, Paralympics, um, Amanda. Can you describe what it was like being, you know, that sort of age in that sort of high level of competition? I think being 15 at your first game, you don't really know what to expect and just being so young and having like multiple disabilities as well, it was hard and not understanding like the calibre of it. And it was just like I sort of messed around a bit. So didn't quite know what to do being so young so the next games I was like ready to roll but what made you switch between swimming and cycling because uh, they are complementary if you do triathlon uh, but they're not if we are doing one or the other so what, what made you make that switch um so I actually did cycling when I was little so and then you can't go away until you're 18 so it's a very different in that aspect compared to swimming where you can be 12 so I found my um, little cycling jersey underneath the house and we were doing like a bit of a clean out and I'm like, oh, let's just give this a go again. So that's how it all started back in 2015 to get back on the bike. It's kind of amazing uh, making that decision on, on seemingly a whim though, but uh, how, do, how do you t build on that motivation from there into, you know, like a fully fledged career? I was lucky enough to have a good support network around me and I had, I've had my coach since the start, same coach. So that's been great. And just been, just been going hard. I knew what I had to do to make the games. And so that was sort of six months there. I had to try and qualify and I just was training, training, training. And then I ended up making the team, which was great. But yeah, I put a lot of training in to get there. Talk to us about what it means to, to represent your country uh, at an event such as the, the, the Paralympics. This is the, uh, the, the ultimate for many sports. Uh, what does that mean for you, deep down, for you, for people around you, uh, to make it not just once to the Paralympics, but twice? And we talk about the Tokyo in a minute as well. Oh, it's just an amazing feeling like to represent your country. And for me, being Aboriginal as well, to represent my people and my culture, it's just an amazing opportunity because there isn't many Aboriginal people in general that represent Australia at the Olympics or the Paralympics. So yeah, it's just a great opportunity. Yeah, you're really a trailblazer in that regard. I mean, I mean, not only are you an Aboriginal um, Paralympian, um, but you're also, you know, a Paralympian going into Aboriginal communities. How do you represent that sort of aspects of your aspects of your life? Well, uh, well, I live with being Aboriginal every day. So you live with racism, you live with all that sort of stuff. But yeah, going in and saying that, yeah, you can overcome this and that you can have a dream and you can chase your dream and doesn't matter if it's small it doesn't matter if it's big just keep chipping away at it and could, could you name some of uh, some of your childhood heroes i mean would kathy freeman uh, come to mind of course automatically uh was she a childhood hero and then uh, are there any others that sort of inspire you to go down the field of, uh, of sports um definitely 
Kathy Freeman and then uh, Louise Savage was one. And I always looked up her being a para and like Kurt Fernley. So definitely those ones were a big inspiration to me. What, what in particular about their careers um, grabbed you? I mean, obviously we've seen Louise Savage win a, a bunch of medals, same with Kurt Fernley, and he's you know still going on, it seems, um, even into well, well past um, what many uh, athletes consider the end of their careers. Um, so for Kathy Freeman, it was that she didn't always get her medals, and I had that too. I haven't always got my medals, and dealing with racism just through school, like she did, and just having to overcome those barriers was was this hard in the fact of that as well. And then Kurt Fernley, he's just like an awesome guy altogether. And same with Louise, like I um had a scholarship, and Louise was my like mentor, and that was just like awesome. So when you win a medal at the Paralympics and you talk to yourself about uh, racism, for example, how does that feel? Do you do you just go and say, you go, guys, I've, I've made it, I've, I've achieved that? What, what sort of, uh, I, I suspect, uh, and I'm lucky enough, I haven't been a victim of racism, uh, but th does that play as well into this? When you actually win the medal, do you go and have a little thought for all these people that have been really nasty to you? It's a bit like, well, look where I am and look where you guys are <laughs> to me. <laughs> Like I'm getting the last laugh, like I'm here and you guys aren't. But is that is that is that a drive somewhere somehow back of your mind when you train when it's hard when it's raining when it's cold, is that still a little bit of a drive as well? Oh, definitely. Just in general, I have I like to win, so I'm very competitive. So and then having that drive as well, like everything they've had to overcome is just. Yeah, it's just there and you just want to keep beating and keep going and keep pushing, yeah. Has, has that affected you in other um, stages of your career? I know I've, I've seen interviews with you in the past. I know you've talked about bullying that is inherent in some sports that you've been part of. Is that, I mean, it's still still a problem, unfortunately, um, and does that still continue to motivate you to live your own life? I definitely, I've definitely had to deal with a lot of bullying and it, it, it does take its toll and I'm lucky that I have a great support network around me. So in that case, but yeah, there's lots of people who don't have the support network, which is sad. And the people don't realize when they say those nasty words, how it actually affects the person. And that's the fact they don't think that that far ahead. And it's, it's sad that people still bully and are still racist. And it's just, you've got to learn to live with it, which is hard to say that, but yeah, having a good support work network is the best best possibility that I could that I had I mean there's the obvious question that you probably have been asked a thousand times and you're going to have to answer a thousand times and I'm sorry it's going to be thousand and one uh, that the idea of, uh, of being a role model is that something that is thrown on you is it something that you 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 seize with with a lot of thinking you've got some power uh, you can help do you feel a bit like a role model for actually your communities the, the, the para sports community but also the aboriginal community um yeah I mentor heaps of different kids and um some of them yeah very like really enjoy like when I mentor them and that they've come a long way since I started mentoring them which is just great but yeah being like I don't see myself as that that's the hard thing I just see myself as being there for the community and helping people when they need it I mean you're quite a veteran now of uh, two Paralympics um what what are you teaching um these younger athletes and maybe more inexperienced older athletes that are coming your way and um, asking you for advice I think it's just more showing them like the pathways that are possible especially for para stuff the pathways and just being there for when they don't know what to do with sport and just being there as like even just as a friend and just somebody they can just talk to when stuff gets a bit hard. If we talk about the the future, uh, which should have been the past, the uh, Tokyo Olympics, uh, we should have been talking to you about uh, great medals you won uh, in Tokyo 2020. But uh, how many can you bring home in 2021? And first of all, are you super confident that the, the Olympics or the Paralympics, sorry, 
are going to take place this year? I sort of don't worry if they are or they aren't. I'm just going to keep training really hard and that's what you have to do. But I'm hoping they do go ahead because I really want to get the gold. That would be nice and break my world record again even and even lower it even more. But we never know what's going to happen, which you can't judge with the pandemic and stuff. So just got to keep training and keep hoping for the best. You came second and obviously you really wanted to win that uh, in the 2016 Olympics. Um, what's the outlook going forward into this year's oh, this year's games? Um, to get the gold, like I'm, well, I've been world champion now two years in a row. So hopefully to win the gold and make the Paralympic record and the world record again would be nice. Hope for that. <laughs> You talk about uh, keep training and then keep training and keep training. How do you focus mentally uh, if the goal keeps on moving? Or is it, is it hard? Is it something that you have to adapt? Is it part of being a, a sports person? Uh, and, and then just, and I'm relating this with, for example, the Australian Open. What's happening at the Australian Open? People are, you know, the goal have been moving for them. Uh, it's been changing, and but there's been a lot of complaint. You're not complaining about it. You just... I have one focus, one motto, keep training. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm I'm pretty good. I can just roll with things. So I'm just rolling with it as they come. Um, like, especially with my past, I'm used to goalpost changing. So for me, it's, I'm pretty good with that. I'm like, yeah, okay, if it goes ahead, if it doesn't, it doesn't. There's always three years' time. So, yeah, just keep training. I, I saw you took up uh, winter sports briefly um, there, Amanda, uh, doing a bit of snowboarding um, after um, cycling in 2016. Um, are, are you possibly thinking that's on the agenda again? Um, yeah, luckily last year, because the Games was postponed, I actually did get down to the snowfields for a bit, which was nice, nice little break to get away from everything. And um, I actually got my um, level one snowboarding instructor's course, which they had to help me through because there's some stuff I just I couldn't do with my disability. Which, but they were great. They were great for modifications of it and everything. So, yeah, so that hopefully after the games, if I have time for the turnaround, which is a very tight turnaround, I would like to make the winter games. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll just keep cycling. In terms of the, the, the Paralympics, so uh, Jamie used the word earlier on, you said you're, you're veterans. Uh, have you seen some changes in from when you started then London Paralympics, which I think obviously and, and widely they're renowned as one of the best Paralympics that has, uh, has existed. Uh, but then the Rio, did you see some changes of how sports are accepted, looked at, uh, looked after, and then regarded in, in the overall general public? I definitely think after London, um, Parasport was definitely put on the map. It was more noticed and more uh, like getting more inclusive of things, which is great for our, the Paralympic movement. What, what's your hope for like the next generation of Paralympians? I mean, what 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 lessons would you prefer taken from your experience within um, your two different sports and applied to the next generation of athletes? I just hope the next generation can follow their dreams and be more inclusive as we go forward and just yeah, basically follow their dreams. That's not much more you can say than that. And that they hope they have an easier run than some of us paras have had. Let's talk about your your successes as well as a, as a world champion, uh, because it's uh, I mean Rainbow is a is a beautiful uh, jersey. This one that is it something you've always dreamt about when you first got onto the bike seriously, you know, competitively. Yes, there's the Paralympics, but yes, there's the world championship as well. So my first world championship was in 2016, just before like the Paralympics, and I went to the games with no expectations, as it was my first games, and I had to get classified and all that, so all that pressure on top of that. And, yeah, I came away with a second, which was just 
great. And then again at the games, I came home with a silver and it was just amazing. Like, and then, yeah, uh, the year after they decided to actually run a world championship. So there wasn't many people there. So then we had, I won a world champ there. And then that was my first two. I won one in the shoot and the um 500. So the shoot one was a bit funny for me because I'm not a, I'm a shooter. So we still laugh at that one. How, how does your feeling within the Australian cycling team work? Is it a good support network um, for you? Uh, definitely. The Paris support network is just amazing. Like we're one team and it's just, we get along so well. Everybody does. And it's just amazing. If you have an issue, you can speak to somebody about it and they're right on top of all that stuff. And yeah, I love being part of the team. What, what would be your, your target of uh, other than the Olympics, I guess, in 2021? What would be key point that makes you know if we go towards the end of 2021 if you and i are, are talking there why why could i say for you you had a good year what would make a good year for you um i think just doing a good time good times in training and just keep going if it doesn't go ahead like hopefully nationals like we had nationals at the end of last year i did a good time then so i just think just keep riding keep doing good times you um, seem to get a lot of internal motivation from that sort of thing, you know, doing good performances um, and personally satisfying yourself. Does that uh, stem from, you know, your upbringing um, with your with your mother? Um, yeah, my mum's always supported me for whatever way I wanted to go, if I wanted to swim, if I wanted to surf, if I wanted to snowboard. Yeah, she's very supportive in that. And then basically she leaves it up to me. It's me having to be competitive and she just sits back and watches, but she always supports me whatever way I choose to go. You talked about the Australian sport. Uh, yes, there's Australian cycling. Do you also mingle with other Paralympians from Australia or the other para sports? Do you have you kept uh, tight in, uh, with people in swimming, for example? Uh, no, I don't really talk to people in swimming anymore. It's just for me, it's very hard when I crossed over and everything. Some things happened, so I just left. And then for me, I just did a clean break, and it was easier. And I just love the team I'm part of. I love the atmosphere. It was, it's completely different to the swimming team when I was on it. So that was hard. Do do you have any advice for athletes who find themselves in maybe a similar situation where they're not comfortable um, within a certain setup of a sport? I think just finding somebody that can help or you can talk to about it is important instead of just like bottling it up. And I've got one one last question from my part. But uh, do you think one day we'll see one Olympics and not a para and an Olympics? Is it? Is it a goal, I think, for you, like an athlete? Do you think this is where this should go or we still have to have uh, the Olympics and the Paralympics because they they share the spotlight differently? I think they share the spotlight differently and to be honest, that if you would put them together, it would last like a month nearly of all the different sports and all the different para stuff and same with Able. Like they go for a while, their games do as well. So I think it would be hard in that aspect because you'd have to pick classifications and different things and I think, the way like people want them together and I'm just like whatever goes goes and I'm just happy to go with the flow that's what I've learned um I've just got one last question um for you Amanda um you said um dealing with your Aboriginal identity has been hard at times with um a lot of bullying and especially at school are there things that you wish would change in Australian sport to allow more Aboriginal athletes um to compete at the highest levels like yourself I think it's hard because some Aboriginals from the background like, because I'm from, I live in housing and all that, so that's hard as it is. I think the support isn't there or they take them out of their communities and put them in, like, metro areas and that doesn't help at all because you're taking them away from family or putting them in a different state where they've lived it would be hard because, again, you're away from family, you're away from your connections. So that that would be hard, I think, maybe nurturing them a bit more. Well, thank you for, for joining us, Amanda. It's been a, a real pleasure talking to you. We wish you all the best. 
all the best because we want the, Olymp the Paralympics and the Olympics to happen. But we want you to do uh, super well over there as well. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you.